0: Go. Turn with me to Psalms 24. And I want to uh, pick up where I left off. Going to just read through the first part of this chapter. It's so good. It's an invitation to come to the Lord, the one who owns the heavens and the earth. God claims the world as His, or the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof belongs to Him. That's a huge premise to begin with. Like it's a foundational truth and all of the influences of our culture. they need to come in alignment with this, this is first, this is higher. Everything and everyone belongs to Him. He's the one who pushed back the oceans to let the dry ground appear, planting firm foundations for the earth. So who can top that? Who then ascends into the presence of the Lord? And who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place? We talked about sheep when they're on a mountaintop, they've... They begin to circular, circu- in a circular fashion, find their way to the top, and they keep going up, back, up, back, till there's a path that is made. We want to learn to make a path to ascend to the Lord. And who has pr- the privilege of entering into God's holy place? And we looked at Hebrews chapter 10, like to enter in with confidence like before the throne, and there's this in, in, uh, invitation, there's this uh, entreaty to us to come in boldly, to come in confidently, and how do you do that if we're talking about the God of the heavens and the earth? Those who are clean, whose works and ways are pure, whose hearts are true, and sealed by the truth, those who never deceive, whose words are sure. That's, that verse can make you nervous. Do, do, I, do you not have that question? That's a great verse. Do I qualify? Am I, am I there? Do I, do I have a pure heart? I think I do. <laughs> I've told myself I do, but do I? You know, there's that, there's that question. And, and yet this is, this is the way and this is, this is the truth. Look at the next verse. They will receive the Lord's blessing and righteousness given by who? the Savior God. This is, this is truly the, concept, the, the uh, reality of I am saved by grace. I, I become, I fulfill the requirements of verse 4 by receiving the Savior God of verse 5, okay? And it's foundational, and we must continually return there. You can be have been a Christian for a good while, and that doesn't necessarily help. You will. It's easy to become more aware of your shortcomings as you spend time before you were a Christian. You're like, I wasn't trying. Um, I, I was whatever I was. That does. And now, now I'm free from that. New start. Then, then you begin your walk with the Lord, where you've committed your way to Him, and uh, there's some goofs and some uh oh's and some oh my and some how did i let that happen and it actually becomes more challenging to stay in a good place after you've believed than before before like everything was before now now there are things like Oh, I knew better. I had access to grace. Why did I fail? Why did I fall? Why did I let that emotion overrule me? Why did I fall into that snare? Why did I fall into that trap? Should I have not known better? Yeah, of course I should have known better. And, and And pretty soon you're living in this regret like it's difficult. Failed situations, failed relationships, failed ventures, failed money issues like and and. You knew, you've known the Lord through it. We still have to practice constantly. I still have to practice getting back to, by by grace, I'm saved. By grace, I'm this clean person. By grace, I have pure motives because I, I continually, I, I am active in repenting. I'm active in fellowshipping that, returning to the grace that I'm saved by. And they will stand before God for they seek the pleasure of God's face, the God of Jacob. And so there isn't a word for the presence of the Lord in Hebrew, so the word face is presence, like it may, the Lord's face. And we seek his face, we seek his presence. It's the highest once you've tasted it, it becomes the highest thing you ever experience, is to be in His presence and the different, all the different levels and encounters of of His presence. And if you once you've tasted that, that's that's a whole nother thing. Phyllis referred to Johnny Enlow. We were, um, I so highly recommend. Um, he had another video. This was on. Um, um, Grace and Glory. It's a it's um, two individuals that do a, a, a podcast or a, a video every once a week, and they're really really neat people. They're not married, but there's there's a man in the there's a woman. Uh, she's very prophetic. Uh, Grey, um, Amanda Grace. That's Amanda Grace, and his name is Dave, but I'm not sure what he, he's an ex-marine, patriot like super guy. Anyways, there that that channel. If you if you want to know where it's at, like. Text me, I'll I'll send you the link. But Johnny Enlow was on with them, covered so many awesome things, and and um, my heart's really like I'm really knit with his his vision, his uh, his what he sees, how he's describing where we are, how how um, uh, what would be the right word, the vision for the for the church, like the vision for how we're to um, our, our worldview, like. I really, I really agree with him. Like I'm really like, can I really, my heart really connects with him in this. And so excellent um, message. And, and um, I, I was gonna say something about what he said. Well, what, what, what was it, Phyllis, where there was something that was, I know you've heard it too. Um, yeah, he was talking about, he was, a, he was a missionary's kid and a pastor's kid. And so when him and his wife Elizabeth got married, They made a vow that they would not go into the ministry. They loved Jesus; (laughs) they were going to follow him and serve him, but no ministry, you know. And uh, this guy, this couple—they're awesome. Their daughter just finished her term as Miss Tennessee, and uh, her name is Justice Enloe. Beautiful girl, and uh, it was her calling. And she actually, she actually. Went to go for the beauty, the Hollywood beauty pageant. Was that right? And and announced her name. And right at that moment, she was attacked like something. uh, This intense pain in her uh, in her stomach, or midsection, and she literally could not finish. But her name was declared Justice Enloe on that same day. Harvey Weinstein was arrested, who was very horrible in Hollywood. And uh, Johnny's like, I love listening to this guy. I mean, he watches a Super Bowl and gets prophetic words from it. Like, who can do that? Mostly, yeah. That's amazing. And all the numbers and the names of the uh, coaches and the name of the, you know, all these things. You're like, wow. And it's good stuff. Like, it's not weird stuff. It's really good stuff. So he really, I, I just I've really enjoyed him. He said, he had this encounter with the Lord, and after he had that encounter with the Spirit, after all these years of whatever, and was married, it's like, Lord, if you're going to be with me like that, then I'll say yes to your call to the nations. <laughs> like, if you're going to be with me, then I'll go. If not, I really would rather just do something else. I really don't want that, you know. And and it does. It, it makes all the difference once you encounter this presence. So, I entreat you. Listen, that stuff, often the, the s- several times that I've had encounters, and some that have lasted a good while, um, I pretty much contract back to either there was an act of obedience, that I followed the Lord in something that was challenging, difficult, or I really s- consistently sought his face, just sought his presence. Without conditions, just, just went after it and just stayed there after that. Any of you have children that can know how to persist? And, and the most persuasive thing they do is that, not the whining, but that, please, like, you know, you're my, you know, savior. Like, you know, you can do this. I know you can. Please. You're like, no, please. Ugh. Well, God's like that. He's wired like that. Uh, and you you go after him, and there's so much value to you seeking something and persisting in that that moves. His, you'll receive there's there's value. To, then then he realizes, well, you really want what I have, like you know, because it's pr- these things are precious, and, and there's this uh, action. It's actually where we're going to go here in the value of worship. So. We get to verse seven, where we're going to begin today. so wake up, you living gateways, lift up your heads, you ageless doors of destiny. welcome the pink king of glory. Of course, I'm reading out of the passion translation, for he is about to come. interesting wording here. do you see it come through you, come in you. And for years we sang these words, and i I started to get some different revelations so the basic, the basic thing, we talk about ancient doors and ancient gates, right, in your, in your version. And it's like, lift up your heads, oh you gates. Lift up your, your he- heads, you ancient doors. Like, what the heck? We're singing it with all of our heart. Phyllis said, that's good. We sing something we don't understand, then we get re- revelation of it afterwards. So I'm like, oh, okay, because I've sung a lot of worship songs that I didn't totally get. But I'd sing them with all my heart. Sometimes I sang the wrong words with all my heart. God's like, it's good, it's good. The first time I heard the old chorus, our God reigns, I thought the words were, I got reigns. I'm like, okay, I'm new to this. I guess, we, I guess it means something. I got reigns. You know, I'm playing my guitar. And then, and then I see it, I'm like, oh, 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 that. Yeah, I got it. God loves our, like, don't get up too uptight about the silly things that have happened to you because... Do you understand? God gets a kick out of that. He goes, yeah, but you're coming. You're saying something to me that made no sense, and I love it. Here, let me give you the, the reason. Oh, wow. It's like, isn't that cool? Like, but I value you coming anyways. That's the God we have. He's not looking for the technical, like, get it right and get your accent right. Like, I, I always just crash when I try to read Hebrew names and, you know, i, I wow, like, as much as I can, I just skip them. I know I'm not saying anything right. Or some try to say a Hebrew word. I'm like, I know there are angels going, oh my God, wow, did he miss that? I'll be like, yeah, like, right, I know. So, this describes ancient doors and ancient gates. One thing it does describe is <clears throat> Jerusalem, and there's this promise for him to come. It's, it's important for us to understand this. Somebody, it, was, it had to do with food harvest. They peeked in the sanctuary because the National Guard come to help with that, and food, uh, second food harvest come, and they looked in the, and They're like, you've got a Jewish flag, a flag of Israel in your church. Like, are you guys weird? Like, what's up with that? It was a valid question. And Johnny Enlow said in this last message, he said something, I went, boy, that clicks. That's good. Israel is God's firstborn. And we have to get, we have such a personal, it's not a wrong thing, but we have to get beyond it. We have such a personal concept of Jesus and God, and everything is a personal relationship. Now, I don't want to take you from that. But you're, you're missing some of the story if you don't understand that God loves nations as well. For God so loved the... yeah. There's more than just us. And it's really good to get that and to understand it. I, I learned as I got to learn more about Jewish people, they are very nationally... Uh, wired, right? Like they're they're very like they're not as personally wired when it comes to their relationship with God as they are a, as a nation, and so they need to come into the revelation of Jesus died for them, and they do often. We need to get the revelation that he he knows us as an individual. He also knows us as a nation, and Israel was his firstborn. And here's this prophet saying. Lift up, your, lift up your heads, and, and it, is the, it is the act of worship. It is what you do when you praise, when you worship. You look, you look up. You lift your heads. Swing wide, you gates, like it's this, this. It's this. So when the little grandson comes to my house, it's like I, there's open arms. He's looking and watching for me to receive him. He's all excited, do you see? I'm here, Grandpa, you know. I'm here, Papa. And and it's very important that I respond the right way, even if he walks right by me to the toys. He still needs that, if, if he doesn't get it, it's like. And so, there's this call open, because that entreats his coming. That entreats his response, his return. And I have realized that I have, because I'm conflicted about end times and the scenarios, because I've been taught it, fed it since I was a young Christian. And two things that I was pretty sure was that I that needed adjusted when I left um, the denomination that I was saved in, that the teaching on the end times wasn't right. And definitely the teaching on the Holy Spirit was definitely lacking in a lot of key areas. So I I walked out of there going, I needed an upgrade on these two subjects. I knew that. I didn't know where to go with it. Everything was about the rapture and everything was about being powerless. It's kind of a bit like here, you're left in charge with a mission, but we're going to rob you from all your power. No guns, no weapon, no, no knives, no tools, no power tools. What? I need power tools. I've got to have power tools. I've got to have ways and means to do things. Don't leave me in charge of something. Don't ask me to build something if I don't have my stuff with me to do it. And so the Lord, this is very important, he equipped us. He gave you gifts. And you need to discover those and receive those and grow in those because those are, those are the gifts that you, can, that you use. To multiply. So here is this lifting up our heads. So it applies to us individually. This, we are these, like the destiny that we have with this, it applies to us as individuals, but it also applies to Israel. And the Lord is waiting for even Israel, the nation of Israel, the true Hebrews to, to call out to him. And we'll look at a scripture in, in a minute that says, Jesus is held in in heaven, until, until these things are restored. Let's look at verse 8. You ask, who is so? It's the king of glory, so he can come through you. Who and, and the question then is asked, the rhetorical question, who is this glory king? Who is this king of glory? The Lord armed and ready for battle. The mighty one, invincible in every way. In other words, he's the one that's going to Fix the conflict. This is why the Jews, the Israel, Israel was so confused when Jesus showed up. Um, hey, dude, what's with the sandals? And where's your sword? And aren't we going to kick some, you know, aren't you going to fix this mess? We've been waiting and waiting and waiting for you, and all of our good rabbis taught us this, well-intentioned, Yeah. When the Messiah comes it was our hope they set their hope on this on his return because the promise was these were the promises the lord armed and ready for battle the mighty one invincible in every way that's the king of glory that's the one that's coming so wake up you living gateways and rejoice so there's a call to the awakening and it's important it's an important it's important to awaken and and this all started when I was so aware when we, pre- when we worship, number one, especially corporately when we worship corporately, we're doing something that is unique. Even with all the other religions, false religions, and there's very little of this. Like, this is our power. This is our weapon. Corporate worship and what takes place, don't underestimate it. And it doesn't matter if it's just we three. And it actually doesn't matter if it's you alone. You can worship without the band. You can worship without music. You can, your bowing, being, it starts out with thankfulness and praise and enters into and moves into worshiping him. And he receives it all and it entreats him. He waits for that and it it purifies us. It's a good thing for us to do. It's the posture. Wake up, you living gateways, and rejoice. Fling wide. Get this posture with you when it comes to Jesus. Here he comes. The king of glory is ready to come in. So, we can adopt a uh, an attitude of nothing's happening. I've been disappointed. I believed once for miracles. I believed once for a deliverance. I believed once for a healing. It didn't happen. I believed once for a restoration of something. It didn't happen. And 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 now the air's out of your out of your balloon. And this is the most difficult thing to, to overcome. You must stay in this position. Still believe. Keep believing. Press through that disappointment. You won't get answers here. Probably not. But you will get answered eventually. And, and we have to learn to just fix our eyes and our hearts on the promises that you witness in your spirit, you said yes first, so remember that. You said yes about a lot of things, even some of the things that didn't happen. You're like, Jesus, you didn't do anything. He's like, oh, I did. You just didn't see it. Are you sure? That's your interpretation. How do you know I didn't? And Maybe it was an offering to him that was price here here's, And here's your reward for believing through that. Yeah, but, but it didn't happen. Here's your reward. The believing was what I bless and reward you for. We want results. We want outcome. Like, yeah, but this, 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 this. It's like but it's the believing, it's the faith, it's the open arms, it's the crying out. Here he comes, the king of glory is ready to come in. You ask, who is the king of glory? Again, rhetorical. He is the Lord of victory, armed and ready for battle, the mighty one, the invincible commander of heaven's host. Yes, he is the king of glory. And so a very fundamental part of our belief system has to be, and we cannot depart from this. Jesus is coming back. He's going to return. And there are many, even through the Psalms, we can go into. The, what happens? This worship and praise that we do—it entreats, it invites the Lord. In Psalms, I'm not going to go there today, but Psalms 149, amazing. Mike Bickle started teaching on this, and it kind of twisted my head a little bit, twisted my something a little bit. As he did this, he's like, "In these days, like the church will worship, and they they will, they will execute vengeance on the on his enemies." Now, if you adopted the God is love and never does any of this stuff which I kind of bought into for a good while the God is good teaching it's good except we cannot take this out that he's the Lord mighty in battle cannot remove that from him You can't strip that from at the right time. We're not talking about people that just need awaken. we're talking about people that have chosen evil and leaders that have chosen to do evil. There's a difference. There is a difference. And in that day, there's going to be a vengeance carried out on them. This is part of the deal. This is part of the package. You're not allowed to change this. You and I are not allowed to change this. As tempted as I am sometimes... It was a joke. It's like, oh Lord, I'd never do that. He says, Yeah, but you were thinking it. You'd like to take that out, wouldn't you? It does bring me a lot of stress. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm not going to speak for you, but I do have to speak for myself and where I need I needed to make an adjustment. Actually, it was difficult, because I really got away from the whole thing of the return of Christ. It must be in our language. It must be in our belief system. He's coming back, and and in a moment, the Lord drops something like His coming is imminent, and I let's just, let's just set off to the side, the rapture, end times, tribulation period. That, we get hung up on that anyways, and I don't, I don't know that anybody has it right, so I'm just saying. But I don't, I don't have to know. I don't have to, I don't have to come in on that. I don't have to have answers for it. I can just go, oh, I don't know. You know what I love doing? I love reading Revelations, chapter 20, 21, 22, like, oh, my gosh. New heaven, new earth, Jerusalem descending out of heaven. Just go there and enjoy it. Shut off your brain and, and look at what's coming it's not cheating it's okay and shut off all the reasoning and all the all the doctrine because i've had truckloads of it, I've been, I've been, and i there's more that i don't even know about i'm like oh my god this is like i hate i hate even running across the scriptures i'm like oh it brings me conflict like ah, i hate the uncomfortable i don't know what to do with this it's great to just go jesus is coming back it's and I don't even have to understand very much. I just have to be in the right place. That's, that's really, I just have to be doing the right thing with the right attitude, arms up as a permanent posture, head up as a permanent posture. Here's how I live my life with a, wow. Wow, that would change things. It's hard to be depressed with your head up. Hard to be discouraged with your head up and your arms up. Oh, I'm so sad. You never see a person do that. I'm bummed. What is it? From childhood, boom. We don't have to go to school to, to know to ask the question, what's wrong, Johnny? Okay, what's going on? Nothing. You know, it's bad when it's your 40 year old husband, but I mean, you know. We can tell, can't we? A countenance has fallen. The story of Cain and Abel. God comes, you know, hey, what's up? Your countenance has fallen. Will not your countenance be lifted up if you do well? You're in the midst of conflict in your heart about your brother. If you do well, your countenance will be left up. You'll overcome this jealousy and this envy that will, could lead you to, oh, you did it. You didn't look up. And he committed a horrible crime. Jesus is coming. This is fun, if you can go with me here. It's refreshing, and it's supposed to be. Acts chapter 1, verse 11, we see the disciples. They look silly. But something just happened. If you only saw the end of the story, you'd be like, what are you guys doing? Have you ever seen, it would be a funny thing from old movies, someone, matter of fact, you can really get a whole crowd doing this, walk down the sidewalk in the midst of people and look, and look up and keep looking up. And Pretty soon, everybody else started looking like, you can have a whole crowd looking up at nothing. Because like, what are you looking at? What are you doing? You know? If you just see a person looking up and you're, there's, there's nothing up there. That was the disciples on this day. What had just happened? It was a. Now you see him. Now you don't. He was with them, and they literally he didn't disappear though. He ascended into a cloud, onto a cloud. Let's back up enough. Where does where does this begin? In my other Bible, I have it highlighted. Right after he spoke in verse 9, these words, the disciples saw Jesus lifted into the sky and disappeared in a cloud. Shazam! As they stared into the sky, watching Jesus ascend, two men in white robes suddenly appeared beside them. They told the startled disciples, Galileans, why are you staring into the sky? The answer... Did you just see what we saw? That would be the answer, right? We're not. I'm not kidding. Honestly, honestly. Jesus just went up. It was a phenomena for sure. Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but he will come back the same way that you saw him ascend. So take that at face value. Don't change it. Let it be. Let it encourage you. Jesus is, he is literally coming back in the same way. There's been a bit of a delay. But he's coming back. You think it's tough to wait on the president to come back? That situation has given me context to really appreciate this. And I thank the Lord for it. Like, oh, I didn't have a connection before. I wasn't here. I wasn't one of the disciples that had him. Life was great when he was here. Life was horrible when he got crucified. Then life was great again when he came back and was walking through walls and feeding his breakfast and stuff. Like, yeah, baby, let's go. Now we're really on. You are Supernatural. And then he goes up and disappears. Like, we have plans, man. Oh, wow. It took them a while to realize they'd just been given instructions. Go to Jerusalem and wait there. More waiting. Oh, wow. Waiting. I'm sure that they thought, guess what's going to happen in 50 days? That he was going to come back. That's all there. There was no other. There would be no other conclusion. He's going to come back. He says powers coming back. Okay, that's vague. So they go and they wait, and the Holy Spirit falls. No Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes, descends upon them. Turn with me to Matthew. So back a little bit to Matthew, chapter twenty-four. Matthew twenty four, verse twenty (laughs) seven. Actually, I think I'm going to use my and it is here for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west so also will the coming of the son of man be again just let it be what it is when he comes there won't be this did he come back or not somehow some way beyond your comprehension it is going to be a world class event so if you hear another story, like, mm, he's over here in the mountains, or he's over here in this country, he's over here, he's over there. It's like, no, when he comes back, it's going to be flash, bang, boom. So that's all. That's how you, you go, no, when he comes, we're all going to know. No question. No question. We'll all know. Very important. Acts chapter 3, back to Acts And in verse 21, I'll back up a few verses, Um, verse 18, verse 17, yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance and did also your rulers, this is this, this message that they're preaching, the disciples are preaching to the crowd, but those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, who, whom heaven must receive. Here's the key verse whom heaven must receive until the times of of the restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. So, heaven must hold Jesus until things are restored. Now, wow, how do we define that? And one thing that will help our thinking is to understand Um, and especially Phyllis has been studying this out and and I have been as well some but not to the extent she has that in uh, I'm trying to, to reduce this down to keep it simple at the Tower of Babel something happened that we did not learn in Sunday school class that's right there in black and white at the Tower of Babel God disinherited the nations because even after all he had done and how he had shown himself to them they still built this and what the Tower of Babel what we need someday we're going to talk more about this here at church but there was an action it if you under if you see the scriptures it says it, it, it relates the situation to this that we need to do something, heaven's talking here, because now nothing is within, no, there's nothing they can't do, nothing they can't accomplish, which always left me like, honestly, really? Like, this doesn't make sense. We build skyscrapers now. Matter of fact, we get on a jet and go fly 30,000, 40,000 feet in the air, go to another country. Like, does it have to do with height? I guess that would be the question. Does it really have to do with anything with height? They built this tower but did it have anything to do with altitude? No, it had to do with something else. And in their hearts there was a rejection of knowing God. They were pursuing something else. And that gets that's revealed. They were pursuing something else and at that time God relinquishes. He 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 rejects these the nations. Which you've got to understand something that we don't. God loves the nations. He loves the peoples. We get so, our news media has affected us so badly. We identify people groups as bad and good, this and that and whatever. And uh, there's a uniqueness about all the nations. And they have leadership that's corrupt just like America does. So don't mistake the people for the leadership of their country. Like when you get that, then you can look at the Chinese people and go, "Oh my, they're amazing people, and God loves them, and we love, them. and they, and they want, they want the same things that we do all around the world. They want the same liberty, they want the same freedom, they want to worship God like they, they want liberated from what has controlled them." So without getting into the weeds, that, it changes how you look at them. And they're also crying out for liberty in these days. Liberty from the mask mandates and the, and the vaccine mandate and all this stuff. They're crying out, they're protesting. They, they can't handle it anymore. And the, the level of poverty that's happening all over the world, the economies that are suffering drastically from this thing. They're crying out, God's watching this. He knows this. He loves the nation. He loved the people. One of the restorations is, is back to this concept of what I'm trying to sh- what I'm sharing today. This is beginning to happen around the world. A crying out for the God of creation. A cry, an outcry, a crying out that He will respond to for deliverance. The when, the what, I can't guess. But we have to get back installed in our belief. I have to get back installed in my belief system. Jesus is going, he's returning. He's at the right time. I have no clue, but but he's coming. I cannot imagine trying to function as a nation without President Trump being restored. I can't comprehend that. And I cannot, and this is a very significant statement, I also cannot uh, uh think about a millennial reign without Jesus. And some of the teachings have gone there. Like, I'm like, whoa, ah, we don't do that well left on our own. Has anybody noticed? Like, we need a really good, strong leader in place. And part of our fear of the second coming is that Everything stops, and if the president would get reinstalled, you wouldn't feel like your life was over. You'd feel like, ah, oh, we can get back to business. We can get back to living, creating, live, you know, doing whatever. And I, I think it would be more healthy if we just got that in our minds about the return of Christ. Some of this stuff that I'm not sure what to do with, it, it leaves you hopeless. And you Don't want to build, you don't, it's like it's just like we need just need to get off the planet. And and that has created a bad scenario where evil people have risen to power all over the world, and we're in the mess that we're in. There's a another direction of we need we're called to rule and to reign, and to do that with Christ. And to find our place and to find our position and go after it, and it, it so much starts with, with, with this praise, with worship, with this posture of loving Jesus and calling him down, his kingdom, kingdom come." And however he wants to work it out, I'm good with it. Just so I can embrace him, just so, just so. We want his fate, his presence, just so his presence comes. And meanwhile, entreat his presence to come into your life. It transforms everything. It makes what you have to do doable, endurable, and even more than conquerors in it. Without his presence, I'm like, oh, I don't want to leave the house. Like, no. It's, but with his presence, and we can have that right now through the Holy Spirit, seek it, cry out for it. There's, there's a heaviness that we need to overcome. It's, it's real. It's big right now in our culture, in our society in these days. You've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to go after this to stay in a good place. But we can, we're called to, we're mandated to, to trust in the Lord, to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So Father, in Jesus' name, We assume a posture of lifting up arms to you. Of lifting our heads to you. Because you are the king of glory. Who you are and what you are is the answer to what we need. Where we are and what we need. And we don't want to do this without you. We want to develop an attitude in a heart of expectation. That... You are coming eminently. We can't figure it out. We've tried hard, but it doesn't erase the fact that you are coming back just the way you ascended. You're coming back. And when you do, I want to be found by you doing what you called me to do. And I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Use it.